0: And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom and coming up on the show, I want to start things off with a video that I saw. Now the video is, I think it was on TikTok, but it was at a basketball game. It was at Penn State University and there were two fans dressed in Penn State gear, so obviously Penn State fans. And they were heckling what looked to be a maybe student manager or somebody like that from the opposing team. Now, the way the arena is set up, the front row seats are a little bit elevated behind the benches, and they're really within arm's reach. When I'm watching the video, the hecklers could have literally reached out and touched this uh, student from the opposing team. And so they were heckling them, asking them for Gatorade, trying to get him, convince them to give them a Gatorade. Another one was telling them what a great towel folder he was, and maybe that he should uh, be out on the floor because he was so talented. And and so here here's actually the video and how it went.
1: Kid. Manager, you guys
0: So apparently, the uh, one guy was craving some yellow Gatorade. I prefer the uh, light blue Gatorade myself if I'm going to drink Gatorade. But they're heckling. Now, they appear to be intoxicated, which may or may not be the case. They could just be obnoxious. I know some universities don't sell alcoholic beverages. Some do. But, again, heckling the, uh, the manager or this student worker from the opposing team. Now, a couple things stood out. One is the focus and determination of the student to ignore the hecklers and continue doing the job that he was asked to do. The other thing was the manner in which he was doing it, folding the towels. Now, a lot of people think that being a towel person or a manager, you know, you do these remedial jobs and maybe they're they go unappreciated of it. You know, people will like want you to do something and then they're not grateful for the fact that you did it. And what I was seeing from this video is that you had someone folding towels as he was asked, to. it's probably late in the game. That's why the fans weren't uh, into it probably or maybe it was halftime, who knows. And so um, again, ignoring the hecklers and focusing on the job and doing the job to the best of his ability. Because it means something to somebody. Obviously, the coach or an assistant coach or somebody asked him to do this, and so he took pride in doing his work in a hostile environment. So not only do the players get heckled and teased, but here is a student who probably has ambitions to do something or at least at least probably had to um, maybe interview for the job. I'm sure it wasn't just give it to him. Probably earned it, and so therefore he has aspirations maybe in the athletic world to do something, and so he's focusing on this job at hand, hoping that maybe it you know shows his work ethic to the people that it matters to. It's actually kind of a funny video. You've seen it. If you've watched the video portion of the podcast, if you're listening on the audio version, you can go to our Rumble page, and you can um, check out the video. Just go to our website, RadioWarp.com, and you can uh, check out the video of it. But um, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's it's pretty clean as far as heckling goes and as far as fans interacting with uh, people from the other team. And they were just trying to get a rise out of this kid. And so, again, like I said, it brought me two thoughts. One was the focus and determination in doing the job, and the other is ignoring the hecklers. And I started thinking about that, like, in life. How often do we go through life? Maybe we have goals ambitions, maybe dreams and desires that we want to pursue, but yet we get sidetracked by the hecklers of life, the obstacles that come up, the things that distract us from achieving those goals, those dreams, those ambitions that we have, and yeah, sometimes it might be instantaneous or for a brief moment, and then we get back on track, focused at what we want to do. And other times, it might be something more permanent, something more long-term. And then part of life goes by, and it's like, oh, wow, I really missed out on what I wanted to do. Sometimes it's self-imposed. And of course, other times, as we say, life happens, and we don't get to maybe achieve exactly what we wanted, okay? Um, But again, how are we going about it? How are we engaging our lives? And when we do something, how are we doing it? You know, oftentimes we'll be given a job, maybe. um, Maybe we're trying to climb that corporate ladder, or maybe we're trying to get from an entry-level position to maybe upper management, or, you know, whatever the case may be, you're climbing that corporate ladder of life. And so sometimes the jobs we do are remedial. Sometimes they're below us. But how do we do them? Reminds me of a speech by uh, Martin Luther King, a street sweeper speech that he gave. Okay, Now, it's in simplistic terms as far as the examples that he gives, but think about the things that he says and how it might apply to you and how you conduct yourself when you're doing your job or whatever it is that you're engaged in.
1: What I'm saying to you this morning, my friend, even if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, go on out and sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, sweep streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote portrait. "'Sweet streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth "'will have to pause and say, "'Here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. "'If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill,' Be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the real. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And when you do this, when you do this, you've mastered the length of life.
0: He uses the uh, street sweeper analogy. Back in the day, there was actually people that would go through and, you know, sweep the streets, clean up the trash. You know, nowadays, modern technology and advancements allow us to see these street sweeping trucks go by. Or maybe you might have in business districts, like downtown business districts, maybe people going through and changing out the. The trash bags in trash cans, you know, maybe if you're familiar with L.A. Live in Los Angeles, you probably see people running around changing out the trash bags and maybe picking up or policing up trash as they see it. Maybe Old Town Pasadena, some places like that. If you have a a central business district that people want kept clean. But that's what what a uh, and, and at the time, too, and maybe even now, I don't know. But at the time, too, being a street sweeper was probably a lowly job for those that were probably uneducated. But yet here he's making the comparison that if you're just a street sweeper, possibly one of the lowest jobs that you can have in the hierarchy of life at the time, sweep those streets like, and look at the the people he compares them to, Michelangelo, Handel and Beethoven, Shakespeare. The best of the best of the artists in their categories, in their way of life. You know, Shakespeare isn't remembered today because of what he wrote. He's remembered today because of how he wrote what he wrote. How many pieces of literature or poetry or plays were written probably about the same time as Shakespeare, right? How many pieces of music have been composed over the years? How many paintings have been painted? But yet there's a reason why these particular artists stand out even to today, many multitude years later than when they created them. There's a reason for it. It's because they put care in the work that they did. They were craftsmen at what they did. I mean, you think about other things like maybe Vin Scully, for example, longtime Dodger play-by-play announcer. Wordsmith, the way he crafted his sentences and the way he presented a game, that's why he's remembered for being a great one along with the others. Maybe a musician. Think of your favorite musician and the, the musicians and music that have stood the test of time, maybe in the uh, you know, rock and roll world or maybe the uh, pop world, country. You know, you think of all the great ones. Why is it? Because the way they did what they did, the way they wrote the songs, the way they sang the songs, okay? You don't get great just by being there. Sure, longevity may have a hand in it, but it's how you do it, how well you do it, the greatness in you coming out when you do it. And that's what Martin Luther King Jr. is talking about here in a lowly job as a street sweeper. Make it so that those streets, the hosts of heaven, have to pause and take note of how clean it is. So what are you doing in your job? How are you doing your job? Whatever it might be, are you doing it as if Michelangelo is painting? Handel and Beethoven are composing music. Shakespeare writing literature. How are you doing your job? And then if you reflect upon that, Reflect upon how you're doing your job. Maybe that will reveal exactly why you've been stuck where you are at your job, or why you haven't gotten that promotion, or maybe why others have passed you up. It comes down to us. I remember a time when I was uh, working at a sports station in Los Angeles, and I was working uh, the weekend shift from 4 to midnight. And there's nothing to do. I mean, it was the easiest job in the world, basically just make sure that programming ran. And when the time came, hit the button to play the commercials and then put the programming back on the air. There were no live shows in the studio. Everything was coming from the satellite. Easiest job in the world. Well, during football season, NFL, on Sunday night, I would work. And instead of just sitting there and doing nothing, what I decided to do was that I would try to get as much audio, whether it be game highlights from the different football games, whether it be uh, post-game speeches, whether it be if the Lakers, we were a part of the Lakers station at the time, if the Lakers played, usually sometimes they play on Sunday nights. If they played, get some audio, get some uh, game highlights. So that way the next morning when the sports update guy came in to do his updates, Jeff Beggs, he would have plenty to choose from. Now, most of the time he may not use any of it, He may not use a lot of it. Maybe he's one or two pieces of it. But at least he had a a pool, a plethora of things to pick from. And I did that because that was how I wanted my work ethic to be. Sure, I could have just sat around and done nothing. I could have sat around and I think there was a TV in the room. I could have just watched TV. But I decided to do this on my own. It wasn't required of me. No one asked me to do it. But that's what I wanted to do. And then at some point, he acknowledged it. Just kind of out of the blue, been doing it for a number of weeks. He finally came up to me and said, hey, you know, I may not use all the pieces, but it's nice to know that when I come in, there's opportunity to pick and choose from the different pieces that are there, the audio bites, and be able to to use them if necessary. And so it made a difference. And then hopefully that's part of the reason why I was then getting kind of promoted up to different jobs throughout my radio career, teaching the same thing. You know, you start out and you look at these students, whether it's as young as kindergarten or as old as adult education, you know, the college level, and you realize they're all there for a reason. They're all there with a purpose. And most of the time, education, especially at the adult level, is voluntary. And what I mean by that is they want to be there, right? High school, you have to be there. Elementary school, you have to be there. But at the collegiate level, adult education level, It's because they want to be there. So what am I going to do? How am I going to teach? How am I going to educate? How am I going to help them? Because they're probably there for a specific reason. They're probably there because they want to get ahead in life. They probably want to get an education because they realize that could open doors for them. And so what am I going to do to help them? Am I going to give them the best that I have? Am I going to teach like Michelangelo painted pictures? Am I going to teach like Handel and Beethoven composed music? Am I going to teach like Shakespeare wrote literature? And that's what I strive to do. Whether I do it or not, I guess that's up to the student. But I'm there to try to help them as best as I can. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, oftentimes we like to say we give 100%, right? We're going to give 100%. But some days we just don't have that 100% of us in us. Maybe we're sick, not feeling well. Maybe life happens and there's some circumstances going on in life and it's kind of like bringing us down, weighing on us. So maybe we only have 75% that day to give. Are you giving 100% of that 75 Or are you allowing the 25% to weigh you down even more? So you don't give as much. If you only have 50% to give, are you giving all 50%? Are you giving 100% of 50% or are you allowing that other 50% to weigh you down? I mean, it's in all aspects of life. And unfortunately, sometimes the things that affect us are outside of our control, right? I mean, think about the many things that have been going on in our country recently, okay? Did you travel over the holiday season? Did you suffer from the airlines and that debacle? You would think that whoever was in charge, and again, depending on whatever news you listen to, you're going to get a story, right? But it was either somebody hit a button, crashed the system. It was either not enough pilots. For whatever reason, it was weather. I remember one time I was flying, and I had a weather delay. This was, I think, back during the pandemic. I had a weather delay. I was coming out of uh, Tampa, and they said that there was bad weather in Jacksonville that delayed our flight, and I looked up the Weather Channel app on my phone. It was like 85 degrees, clear skies in Jacksonville, according to this, so obviously somebody wasn't telling the truth. But again, so during the holidays, travel, all kinds of travel nightmares, people with lost luggage, people having to fly, to some further destination and then end up driving, renting a car and driving. I talked with one person who I guess was headed towards Nashville area, and I think it was like maybe a 12-hour drive from where they were living. Ended up in Orlando and then had to drive from Orlando to Nashville, which was even further than if they would have driven from their home to Nashville. So all kinds of crazy stories. And I'm sure you know people if not yourself that have been a part of it but you think about it why why are we at this point in life where people aren't running their airlines like a michelangelo a handle a beethoven a shakespeare why do they allow for that to happen i mean you think about fentanyl fentanyl is running rampant through the country people dying of opioid overdose overdose all the time a lot of them and there now i've heard a story where it's so bad in los angeles that some of the school districts they're allowing students to carry narcan which reverses the reaction to opioid exposure and opioid overdose so again where's the greatness in let's solve the problem but instead it's like we're just going to try to bandage it up we're going to try to ever see the movie um Thomas Crown Affair, and there's a scene in there where he steals, well, there's a scene, the whole thing's about stealing a painting, but there's a scene in there where um, one of the uh, characters in the movie supposedly finds the lost painting, right? And when the expert looks under the microscope, you have what appears to be the stolen painting on top, but underneath it is dogs playing cards, and it was a, it was a joke. That's what it seems like. It seems like people are trying to paint their masterpiece or compose their masterpiece. But really, underneath it is dogs playing cards. It's nothing serious. It's nothing great underneath. I mean, you've got all kinds of problems. Remember when you couldn't buy a baby formula? And now eggs apparently are a problem. And by the way, if you didn't uh, hear the latest, apparently it has something to possibly do with the uh, chicken feed that Perina is selling, causing uh, chickens not to lay eggs. But whatever it is, we've talked about schools. We've talked about educational systems. You can go back to previous podcasts and, and hear about that. And we're more concerned with censorships. We're more concerned with pronouns, with drag shows, with gas stoves now all of a sudden. These are the things that people are concerned with right now instead of the real problem. They're painting over their dogs playing cards with what they think is a masterpiece, and it's really not. In fact, it's probably even less than dogs playing cards. You know, you've got drought. Just read an article today about the Colorado River and how low it's getting. You've heard about Lake Mead in Nevada outside Las Vegas where all the secrets from the mob are now being revealed because the water level was so low. You think about public transportation systems, it's crazy. And instead of trying to solve the problem, I think uh, William Shatner one time, Captain Kirk, Star Trek, William Shatner one time, I think he was the one that mentioned something about building a pipeline from like the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, and pumping water, the rainwater, down to Southern California, to California. Recently, California just went through major storm system, few of them. And all of a sudden, the paper, news articles are talking about all the rainwater that just washed off into the ocean and how it wasn't captured. So again, what are we doing? We're changing standards and we're lowering them. I knew someone once who was uh, at the headquarters of Dine Equity. If you don't know Dine Equity, it's the parent company to IHOP and to Applebee's. Yes, Applebee's, that Applebee's date night and a Saturday night with your Oreo shake and your bourbon steak. Well, at one point, there was a work ethic in life, right? Dine Equity decided that with these millennials coming in, um, I believe it was the millennials, maybe it was Gen C, whatever, after the Gen X people, and their work ethic started to change because the workers were demanding more things. And so Dine Equity, instead of, holding these new younger employees to the standard they were going to lower their standards to fit the grumblings and the complaining of their new workers and so we get went round and round on that uh with that conversation and you're starting to see that today you're starting to see it so much so that perhaps maybe you saw this recently you saw this employee from starbucks crying about the situation about his, I guess, life situation, his work situation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, here it is.
1: We need a union because this can't happen. This can't happen. We need fair scheduling. We need managers to hold themselves accountable for helping their workers. They refuse to turn mobile orders off. We need the liberty to be able to do that because there's so many mobile orders and I need to get through all of them. And then people are yelling at me because they don't have their orders ready. And they don't know what to do. <laughs> I get to. And a customer was misgendering me tonight, like, really badly. I didn't have their order ready. And so they were just, like, totally talking to each other. And they're like, she's clearly incompetent. I have a full mustache and beard. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't get accommodations for being neurodivergent. I don't... <sighs> like, I can't use... Like, I, people get mad at me for two. my sick time. I don't even know what to do anymore. I'm, like, at my wits out with this job.
0: At his wit's end. Now, I can understand the pressures of working. I mean, you coffee snobs. I don't drink coffee, but you coffee snobs, you're pretty pretty bold. Probably bolder than that dark roast that you might be drinking. And so I can understand that the pressures of Starbucks and all the uh, other mocha latte, double decaf stuff that you guys order with your cappuccinos and your, and then on top of it, you got to fix the dog stuff because you got to have your doggy frappuccino. And whether it's uh, Vente or Grande or whatever. So I get there's pressure. But again, here's a young kid. He ain't going to make it in life. That guy didn't stand a chance. Apparently, he's going to school. That was the, the back uh, part part of it. I think it was the back half of it. I didn't want to play the whole thing. But that was the better part. He's driven to tears. Going to school, working 25 hours a week, bitching about the bosses. Who doesn't complain about management? Everyone does. But how is he going to handle life? I mean, it's like, what are you doing? You're looking at the obstacles, the hecklers of life, distracting you from your goals. Maybe you need to think about what it is that you want out of life, and instead of focusing on the hecklers of life, stay focused on your job. I know a mother who's in one of my classes. She works 65 hours a week. She's got a couple kids that she drives to, like, you know, soccer practice, swim lessons, activities after school, right? She comes to class. While she's, sometimes she drops her kid off, comes to class and has to go pick up her kid from practice or their activity, working 65 hours, and on top of that, in continual pain from an accident 10 years ago that left her in the hospital, a car accident left her in the hospital for several months. And so once I looked or once I found that out, talking with her, I'm like, wow, what do I have to complain about? What does Starbucks have to complain about? Go out there and do your job. Maybe man up, you know, instead of getting misgendered, maybe show some masculine traits. Maybe show some of that toxic masculinity that people talk about and put some of these people in their places. I'll get you your drink in a minute. Relax. But that's where we are. We get so distracted with all that, the heckling of life, that we lose focus, we lose concentration, we lose sight of. Or goals or ambitions. He's working a Starbucks quit, dude. If if you can't handle Starbucks, you can't handle life. That's the lesson to be learned there. So then I'd have to ask you, what is controlling your thoughts? What is taking your focus away from your ambitions, your dreams? What's diminishing your determination and drive that's keeping you from achieving whatever it is? that you want to achieve. What is controlling your thoughts?
2: What is enslaving you? Is it the television set? Feeding your mind images of what life should be? Is it the internet drawing you in and controlling your time? Is it drugs or alcohol numbing your brain? and diminishing your desires? Or is it weakness, a lack of discipline that prevents you from accomplishing what you want to accomplish? Wherever focus goes, energy flows. So why don't we tap into that power now for your business and life? So many people have lost their day to distraction. What are some things you need to immediately stop doing in your life? Is it social media? Is it watching seven seasons of a show every week? What do you need to stop doing to take back control of life? Also, what do you need to start doing? And what do you need to start doing every day, every week, every month, every year to be on your A-game? Discipline buys you freedom to do what you want.
0: You know, one of the biggest... I don't know if it's a meme, but a saying that's going around social media is something like this. Don't have time to uh, Netflix, so I don't know what to watch on Netflix, but I end up sitting there scrolling through TikTok for four hours, you know, type of thing. So we can't figure out what we want to watch on Netflix, but then we're going to scroll on TikTok for four hours. And that's what it is. We've got people that are so focused on other things. is the TV, binge-watching. I've binge-watched binge watched things before, so I get it. You get enthralled into a show. That's fine. I think sometimes that, that escape is okay. But are you doing it, like you said, seven shows a week? What about the Internet? Is the Internet taking you from one place to the next to the next? And is it healthy? Are you learning? Are you educating? Or is it just mind-numbing whatever? The next video, the next video, the next video. And it's become so different over the years too of the content that is there. Remember, it used to be, I think, lip sync, right? That was the thing. You had to have great lip syncing skills and then great video editing skills. And I don't know if you remember that Michael Jackson ghost one where they would do that video with the ghost and um, and it was a Michael Jackson pose, you know, when he would pose on his uh, his toes. Anyways, there was stuff like that that was actually creative that people were doing. And now it's just all sexualized, you know? It's just sexualized videos. And there's no creative content anymore. There's no creativity. And there's nothing there to even watch anymore. What's controlling you? And it could be a number of things. It could be different what controls you versus what controls me. What is diminishing your desires, Ever think about that? You ever ever have the desire to do something, but maybe you just can't get up off the couch? Could be legit, but what's the reason why? Because you just aren't motivated to, or is it because you're just exhausted? Do you lack discipline? I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people lack is discipline. It takes discipline. I mean, earlier in the uh, when we started the show, the video. It was discipline for that student, that kid, who was being heckled to ignore the hecklers and continue doing his job. I mean, for me, my natural inclination, just because I engage or enjoy engaging with people, would be turn around and say something. But that wouldn't have been the the case for him because he needs to focus on his job. And he had that determination, that focus, that discipline to ignore I'm sure he heard what was going on. And when you watch the video, it's actually kind of funny, really, some of the stuff they're saying. Who wouldn't want a Gatorade, right? But the the discipline to ignore that wasn't being distracted by the hecklers and focusing on the job because there's probably a goal at the end of this path that he's taking, you know, graduation and then maybe a job. Social media, big distraction, binge-watching. What can you stop doing that is controlling your life? Think about that. Think about that for a minute. In life, there are things that are going on. I feel like I'm out of control. I feel like there's too much. I'm overwhelmed. And you start kind of running through these negative descriptors. What can you do to stop those? What's in your control to stop them? Are they influences? Is it things that waste your time? Is it maybe... Poor sleeping habits, poor eating habits. And then what can you do to start taking control of your life again? What are the steps? Maybe it's getting your discipline back. Maybe it's setting the alarm for a certain time every day. Not to do anything but just to get up and start your day, right? Maybe it's to cut the cord and not watch TV keep the tv out of your life maybe it's reduce your time on social media maybe it's get rid of social media you've got to decide i'm not making recommendations for you but you've got to look at your life i know some people like to go out spend money who doesn't like to spend money or what about the whole amazon thing that's another trend that's going around is you know the, the, the woman, the wife, the girlfriend, whatever, trying to sneak boxes of Amazon into the house before the guy can see it. But yeah, we have these distractions. So we can't have a nicer place to live because we spend too much money. We go out to eat too much, too much fast food. So not only do we have less money, but now we're more obese. What can we do to um, cut back on the distractions? What can we do? to take control of our life, what can we stop doing that is taking control of our life? You know, one of the things that comes to mind through all this is um, athletes. You think about athletes, you know, whether it's athletes that are going through high school because they want to play at the college level. And they go and they're determined to play collegiate ball somewhere. So they're working out. Maybe they're in the weight room. They're in the gym. They play summer ball, fall ball. Spring ball, whatever, maybe travel club, maybe go to a specific school because apparently that's a pathway to a good college or university. And then you get to the collegiate level and you do well and then you get drafted, you know, the springtime of the year, you have the NFL draft, I think more towards summer, you've got the NBA draft, right? And you think about people that got drafted and then what happened to them? One that comes to mind, Matt Leiner. Remember him being quarterback at USC during the Pete Carroll era? Won a national championship, a Heisman Trophy. And then what happened to him? He got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals and just disappeared. Why? He got distracted by the limelight. Lost focus. Nothing really happened to change his talent. It wasn't an injury wasn't anything significant. He just was distracted and caught up in the party life, ended his career. Who knows if he had stayed focused, if he had ignored the hecklers of life, the the limelight, you know, the women, the booze, the party life. Stayed focused. I mean, you think of Tom Brady. I think he just retired after twenty three years, seven Super Bowls. That guy stayed focused. Obviously, he had distractions with the press and people like that. But no, he was pretty focused, wasn't he? All these years. Big difference, right? And he wasn't a a top draft pick like Matt Leiner was. What about Brock Purdy, who was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback that led them to their uh, playoff run? He was Mr. Irrelevant, the last one picked in the draft. Nobody who's picked last in the draft is anything. And yet he had the opportunity and he made the most of it. He was ready. When his time came, he was ready. That's another thing to learn. If you have the opportunity to do your dream job, are you ready to do it? Are you ready to audition for that dream job, whatever it might be? Brock Purdy was. But then you think about other people that had it and lost it. I mean, like Michael Vick got involved in dogfighting, went to prison. You think about all the people that got distracted By maybe money, maybe fame, maybe fortunes, and they got into doping. Floyd Landis, Lance Armstrong, baseball players like Barry Bonds, allegedly, and others started getting into the doping. I mean, that's what's keeping some of those baseball players out of the Hall of Fame is the allegations of steroid use. You know, think about Magic Johnson, career being cut short with a disease. Now, that's not really a fault per se, but again, if you're living the party life, there's repercussions, right? What about Tiger Woods, infidelity, biggest fall from grace? Now, I'm I'm not blaming or accusing them of anything. It's just facts. These are facts that have happened. And again, you can look at other athletes that have stayed focused. Again, bring up Tom Brady. Stayed focused all these years and got to play 23 years. You think about the other athletes. Maybe they're more of a role player on these teams. Eric Karros, first baseman for the Dodgers, claims that he's the all-time home run hitter that was clean during that steroid era or something like that. He makes joke of it. Because he stayed natural and he tried to do the best of his ability based on not using steroids. And so what happens? So you get focused on your careers, your goals, and you go after it. But then the more fame you get, the more popular you get, starts to deviate off your path, right? The hecklers come along. And then you end up with problems. Athletes lose endorsements. You get accused of infidelity. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But the accusation sometimes is worse than actually doing it, right? Domestic violence. How many athletes get a big head, think, because they're coddled and catered every need, and then someone talks back and they smack them around. Fame, fortune takes them off the uh, the path, right? And so there's all these things that happen, and it's no different for you and I. Are you lost in any of these things? Did you lose focus on your careers because of something that came up did you lose focus because you allowed the hecklers of life to come along and distract you with this or that i mean a lot of times it's poor focus your athletes lose focus and they lose focus on their career on goal setting do you lose focus on goal setting or do you lose focus before the meeting before the competition your job starts Another area is just controlling our nerves. You know, we get excited in life, right? And we want to sit there and we want to do our best. But sometimes we just can't control the emotions or the physiology of what's involved with more responsibility. Because we got a promotion. More money. Because we got a promotion. So we spend more. Now we start to maybe get into trouble there. Maybe we lack or belief in ourselves. You know, belief has a direct correlation with success. If you think you can be successful, you will be. If you think you're going to fail, you will. In fact, I've played a clip before many times where it says, if you think, then it's probably going to happen. Or how you think, then it's probably going to happen. If you think you're going to succeed, you probably will. If you think you're going to fail, you probably have. And so you lose belief in yourself. You blame others instead of yourself. You don't want to outwork the competition. It comes down to motivation. To motivate, what is it? Motivate doesn't mean
2: to yell and scream and encourage. No. To motivate actually means to provide a motive. A reason why. So, to motivate someone is to explain to them why they're doing what they're doing, how it will help them, where it'll take them, why they should continue to work and to struggle and to fight. And when you need motivation yourself, don't look for someone to scream and yell, don't look for someone else to give you motivation. Look at yourself. Look at yourself and remind yourself why. Why you are doing what you are doing. Remind yourself that this struggle, this temporary pain, this fight, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. And faster and
0: smarter and better. It's the reason why you do something. That's the motivation. To motivate, to remind you the reason why you do something. When I mentioned that mom, the student uh, that I have, the adult student that I have in my English class, working 65 hours takes the kids. Why? Because the kids. That's the reason why. To have a better life for them is the reason why. Why do you do what you do? What's the motivating factors behind the why you do? Why do you binge watch? Why do you waste time? Why are you spending so much time on social media? Why are those the things that you are allowing to distract you from your life? Why aren't you folding towels like Picasso Shakespeare, Rembrandt. Why aren't you being focused and ignoring the hecklers of life? In um, sports, coaching is key. And oftentimes, coaching and yelling became hand-in-hand. Coaches today are still some of the biggest bullies around. But a lot of the great coaches, they don't yell. Chris Peterson, recently at the University of Washington, you might know him at Boise State, uh for example never allowed anybody to yell at players because and i've heard this before from other coaches as well but when someone yells at you are you now motivated to do something probably not you're probably in a bad place mentally right but when you encourage and give like constructive criticism you motivate why the reason we do this is it gets them to motivate to do their job so you got to remind yourself why do you do what it is that you're doing. Maybe you've lost track of why. Maybe your reasons for working six, seven days a week. Like, why do I do this? I don't know. Why do I do this? Epiphany. Maybe you change and you don't have to work seven days a week. If you're binge watching something, why am I doing this? Epiphany. Why are you searching the internet so much? Well, I'm doing research, trying to educate myself, trying to prepare for a podcast. Okay. That's good things. So again, just because you do something that others may deem bad, doesn't necessarily mean in your case it is. It might actually be okay that you're doing some of these things because the why behind it is the motivating factor as to why you do what you do. So think about this again. Okay. So you've, Or losing out on something, okay? You're failing at something, whatever. So you got poor focus. How can you, or I guess you could say, why is your focus off? How can I fix it? Why is my focus good? Why am I zoned in today? And then maybe try to capture that and repeat that over the next days. Maybe it's not always going to be there, but why am I doing this? If I can't control my nerves, what can I do? Why can't I control them? You know, one of the biggest fears is public speaking. People have a fear of public speaking. I'm not sure why. i um, not a psychologist that can tell you that. But I think it's because you get up in front of people and you're afraid you're going to do something that everyone's going to make fun of you, okay? Or you're going to say something and everyone's going to make fun of you. You're afraid of making a fool of yourself. Well, if that is your why you can't control your nerves, fix it what I did because I knew at some point I wanted to probably be in public speaking or in front of people you know radio broadcasting front of people talking what I did was I just started running for every office at school I didn't really want to win I just want to get in front of people and I would use political speeches running for class office to get in front of people sometimes I won and I wouldn't do the job and other times I didn't win big deal at least I got the opportunity to speak in front of people took speech class Get in front of people, give speeches. Now I don't really have any quorums getting in front of people and speaking. Got over that. I found my why and I went after it. So if you lack a belief in yourself, why do you lack a belief in yourself? What's motivating you to not believe in yourself? If you figure that out, then maybe you can turn it around and focus on the why you believe in yourself. Are you driven by the rewards and the accolades? Is that why you're doing something? Or are you doing it because you want to be the Michelangelo of whatever it is you're doing, the Shakespeare of whatever it is you're doing, regardless? And when I was talking about that story earlier, uh, about giving all those uh, audio bites and play-by-play sound bites and stuff for the morning guy, the morning sports update anchor, I wasn't doing it for accolades. I wasn't doing it because I wanted a pat on the back. I was doing it because I wanted to be the best at that position. When I worked in Iowa, my job, uh, my first radio gig, was six to midnight. There was nothing, nothing to do from six to midnight. There wasn't one single commercial. The only responsibility I had was from ten to ten thirty, was to do the news, the nightly news. And most of the time, the news was written by the news director, so you'd read those stories, and then maybe you'd read the weather off the uh, you know weather service that was provided. And then maybe if the sports director left some sports, you would do that story or maybe just do some sports scores. And that was pretty much it. I had basically 30 minutes that I really had to do and then some production. But I would work on my craft. I would write intros and outros. I'd write script. I'd come up with ideas because I wanted to better myself. And it made notice. People would come up to me that had that position before because that was your entry-level position at that station And they'd come up to me like, dude, you do way too much. I'd sit and sleep during the shift. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to perfect my craft so that when the time comes, I'm ready for. So my motivation was the why I do it was because I wanted to be ready so that when my dream job came along, I was prepared for it. The why is because I want to be the best. That's my why in life. That's my motivation. And then I try to emulate that day in and day out. And again, I might have 100% of me that I can give that day. I'm going to give it. I might have 75% of me that day. I'm going to give it 100% of 75. I'm going to give you 100% of my 10% that day. But whatever I have, I'm going to give it to you all. You just got to realize that what I'm giving you is my all. And so when I go down the list, am I blaming others? Am I going to own it? We like to play the blame game. Airplanes, airlines, they played the blame game. Politics play the blame game all the time. In fact, it says right here, athletes, because talking about athletes, who point uh, or finger point outward at things like politics rather than owning stress, adversity, and frustration and failure rarely live up to their potential. How can you ever improve if all you do is complain and or point to poor reasons for your failures? successful athletes assume there will be tough days and actually look at failures as teachable moments for future growth and success. So when people are pointing fingers all the time, like politicians, they're never living up to their potential and we're never going to get improvements and they're never ever going to outwork the competition. I could tell you, and we've played them before countless sound bites of Kobe Bryant outworking the competition in the gym before everybody, in the gym after everybody, working out three, four, five times a day. He outworks the competition because he wants to be the best. And so again, when you're going through life, you got to sit there and realize that if you want it, you can have it. And you have to realize that there is greatness within you. You just have to bring it out. How do you do it? Well, It might take a lion's mentality. If the lion is the king of the jungle,
1: how can he be the king of the jungle? If he's not the biggest, the elephant is probably one of the biggest. He can't be the fastest because that's a cheetah. He can't be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does a lion become the king of the jungle. His mentality. That's the only difference of a lion and an elephant. When a lion walks up and sees an elephant, he thinks lunch. An elephant thinks run. And it's all mentality. Because when a male lion walks up, he may be outnumbered by a pack of hyenas, but I'm king
0: of my jungle because of my mentality. So when the hecklers of life come to distract you, that pack of hyenas, are you going to have a lion's mentality to attack it and say, no, the distractions are not going to keep me from my goals, my ambitions, my drive is going to continue to be forward toward the successes that I want, toward the life that I want to live. Because if I give in to the hecklers and I get distracted, I get focused, I get off chart, and then now I'm living the life I have to live instead of the life that I wanted to live because I got off course. It's something else. My compass starts spinning. Couldn't find due north. Lost my way. we got to have our mentality right. If we believe, or I should say what we believe, is probably going to come true. If we believe we can do it, we can do it. If we believe we're going to fail, well, you probably already have. You got to stay focused on it. You got to stay focused like that student manager, that kid focusing on his job of folding towels with hecklers, asking for a Gatorade, telling him he's the best towel folder and he should be out on the floor because he's got more talent than the other players. He ignored it and stayed focused on his job. That's what we should do. That's what you should do. So, again, if you're sitting back and you're not happy with the place, In life that you're at. Start looking at the whys. The motivation. Why are you there? Check the good and the bad. What are the distractions of life? Find those things that are stopping you from taking control of your life. Start doing the things that you need to do so that you can control your life. Get that motivation back. Get those blinders on and move forward. Because wouldn't you want to be known for somebody that gave their best all the time? Wouldn't you want to be somebody that's known for someone who gave it their all and not only yourself but brought others along with them? I mean, think about that. Sometimes you've got people, and I guess we're talking about leadership, but sometimes you've got people that just don't have it, right? They're great workers. They've got everything that they need, but they're kind of like role players, and maybe you're the leader maybe you become the the star so to speak and so you're going to be the one that's blazing the trail and then the others are going to come along and now you're making others great with you as well because that's what it's all about it's all about bringing out our inner greatness raising the standard so that we can then do better by doing so hopefully we inspire and motivate give other people the reason why they can do it, inspire and motivate for them to raise the standard, to bring out their inner greatness. And then those people set the example and then so on and so on and so on. And then pretty soon the influence that we have is now impacting people in a positive way. And you're making the community, the neighborhoods, society, a better place. Isn't that something you want to be a part of? Isn't that something that sounds good? Especially in this day and age with a, a lot of people crying over their job because they can't handle it. They don't have the fortitude. They don't have the mentality to handle all that. This is a Two Steps ahead podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Them Hey, check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can go on there and you can click the um, Two Steps Ahead podcast logo. All of our shows pop up. It takes you to our Rumble page. All of our videos are there. There's a banner with our SoundCloud um, account. Click on that and it'll take you to the audio portion of the show. And you can actually download those and take them with you on the go. There's other things there on RadioWarp.com. You can click the Listen Live button in the upper right-hand corner, and you can listen to live streaming music, podcasts, and other things that stream live 24-7 on there. So if you're looking for something different, an alternative to what you usually listen to, maybe something that is uh, going to get you out of the rut of that cubicle, might be something to check out. There's also a swag shop. You click on that, it takes you to the merchandise store, and you can buy some uh, cool Two Steps Ahead podcast merchandise. You can follow us on Instagram at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. We post the show there. We post clips of the show there. There's a link tree link in the bio that you can click, and it will take you various different places. It'll take you to RadioWarp.com. It'll take you to our Rumble page. It'll take you to our SoundCloud page. Uh, You can listen to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, Those links are there as well. So it's a good place to... uh, Kind of bookmark in case you want to find all things uh, Two Steps Ed Podcast. You can email the show, TWO, Two Steps Ed Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get a little bit more on the uh, personal content side, there's my personal Instagram, Edom rocks E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And again, there I post more things that are more of a personal nature, photos, videos, other things like that. And so, um, again, just more content out there if you would like to know more about me. Um, And, again, you can email the show and ask questions, um, clarification, advice. Uh, I know a lot of people. And so if there's something that you're looking for, maybe for some help or advice, um, and I can probably point you in the right direction if I can't maybe answer it for you. Um, If you just need to have the voice on the other end of the computer to uh, just kind of help you through something, whatever it might be, don't be afraid to reach out because that's part of the reason why I do this is not only to inspire and motivate but also to be here for you and try to help you as best as I can. So as you go through life, remember, if you don't like where you're at right now, make a change. Do something different. Step back, look at what's going on in life, try to figure out the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then try to make the change. Maybe you need a support group. Find those people that you can really, really trust and bring them in. And maybe it's a small group, one or two people, That you can trust that become your support group to help you make that change. And you can definitely do it if you have the right mindset. So go after it and say, I'm gonna make the change, I'm gonna do it. And you'll see that success might take steps. Sometimes life's a journey, not a destination. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Might take some time, but you can definitely do it if you stick with it. Again, Son Edom, Two Steps Ahead podcast. Take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.